0: Hello and welcome to the Unplayable Podcast, brought to you by Qantas, the spirit of Australia. Right now, the Australian men's cricket team are in New Zealand ahead of a two-test series against the Kiwis. The number three batter in that Aussie side is Marnus Labuschagne, And coming up on this episode, he chats to Louis Cameron uh, in preparation of that first test. Right now, though, my name is Josh Shonofinger. I'm joined by Andrew Ramsey, who's over there in Windy, Wellington, and ready to preview that first test for us. How's it going, Rambo?
1: Uh, Wellington's delightful. If you don't mind a bit of a, a occasional gust of wind here and there, it uh, lives up to its reputation as Windy Wellington. Um, but I'm sitting here in the, at Basin Reserve, which is I think the only cricket ground in the world, or test cricket ground, located on a traffic roundabout. So uh, it's coming into peak hour evening traffic in Wellington. If you need a traffic update at any point, I'm more than happy to throw that in as well. <laughs>
0: Uh, so can you describe what, what you mean? I've never been to the basin. How is there a roundabout underneath the ground?
1: Uh, no, it goes around the ground. So basically the, the perimeter of the ground is all road oh. uh, with a major thoroughfare coming in and out of central Wellington that sort of skirts around it. So I was reading this morning that it was actually originally, originally a, a lake and then it was filled in by a volcanic eruption and became a swamp. At which point they drained it and turned it into a cricket ground so now they've made it a traffic island it's pretty much as much a multi-purpose venue as you'll find in international sport
0: (laughs) that is absolutely fantastic great nugget there rambo um we've also had some breaking news today we're recording on tuesday the 27th and one of the kiwi quicks has called it quits what happened there
1: Well, disappointing for a few reasons, mainly for the Australian media who'd spoken to Stephen Smith before training today to get his thoughts on resuming his battle with Neil Wagner, who's caused him to torment over the years, Uh, only to find out hours later that Neil Wagner is retiring, effective pretty much immediately. It's all a bit curious. He's been included in the squad for the first two tests, but been told he won't play the first test. Then been told he will be released from the squad ahead of the second test so he's effectively finished playing but he's still hanging around with the group if you like so it's all kind of mildly curious but the bottom line is Neil Wagner won't be playing in this series and he won't be playing for New Zealand again.
0: Were you one of those uh, journalists who had prepared some stuff on Wagner versus Smith in this series Rambo?
1: I had I'd actually had a sit down chat with Stephen Smith uh, this morning and I threw a number of questions at him about uh, Neil (laughs) Wagner and the upcoming battle and Clearly, he was as clued in as I was to the fact that he wouldn't be playing because he was uh, quite forthcoming about how he's found the battle over the years and what he thought about it resuming here at the Basin. So um, I don't know if he'll be relieved by that news, um, but it certainly caught a few of us off guard.
0: Absolutely. I mean, many Aussie fans will remember Wagner in the 2019-20 series in Australia where he got Smith out four times in a row, actually, uh, becoming famous with that bouncer barrage where... Pretty much every ball of the over was a bouncer or pretty accurately directed between you know, the eye line and the shoulder length uh, of the batter, which was pretty incredible. He finishes with 260 test wickets from 64 matches behind only. Richard Hadley, Tim Southey, Daniel Vittori and Trent Bolt. So he's in elite company uh, and he will be missed. What else is happening in terms of the squads, Rambo? Has there been any movement on the Aussie side of things or all going to plan so far for the Aussies?
1: No, pretty much all go into plan. I, you know, they had their main session, I guess ahead of the test this morning. Um, I think the only setback was Michael Nesser Copped a bit of a blow on the hands while well, batting in the nets, but um, yeah, I don't think it's serious, and even if it was, it would have ruled him out of a test that he wasn't going to play anyway. so uh, uh, they looked like they go into the same with the same 11 as you would expect. Um, they're all here and fit and, and firing, so it's a pretty sort of formidable and familiar lineup. Um, not quite so much for New Zealand. They've still got some serious doubts over Devon Conway, their opening batter, who was thrown the keeping gloves for the T20 series and, and caught one on the end of his left thumb, I think, in the, the second over of the second match and hasn't picked up a bat since. Um, they can't seem to work out what's actually happened there. He's, the, all the x-rays don't show any obvious fracture, but he's still in quite a bit of pain and hasn't been able to hit a cricket ball. Uh, for a week so you'd have to think given that uh, you know we're now less than two days out from the test starting that he'd have to be in pretty serious doubt they're going to make a call tomorrow morning apparently on whether he's available um, and if he's not I guess they're going to have to bring someone into the squad because with Wagner retiring they've, they've got a squad of 14 but effectively only 12 of them can play so they may need to find some extra personnel from somewhere um, and that would be a Pretty significant blow for them, even though Devin Conway's test form hasn't been great in the last few weeks.
0: Yeah, that would be a massive blow for the home side. So we'll keep our uh, fingers on the pulse on that one for Conway. Um, what about the T20 series that you mentioned there, Rambo? Well, obviously, Australia smashed the Kiwis. It was 3-0 in the end. Uh, it was a nail-biting finish in the first match and then two more comfortable uh, results in the next two. And it's really the last that we'll see of this Aussie side until the T20 World Cup all might matches in a couple of months so do you feel like it's been the perfect preparation for this Aussie side?
1: It
2: probably
0: has
1: been it's the first time they've had that full complement of you know big quick fast bowlers playing T20 international cricket since the the previous World Cup in Australia in 2022 so when you put guys like Cummins and Stark into a lineup um, it also has the you know, the power hitting all-rounders and They've got the, the spin options with Adam Zampa and a couple of part-timers. Um, Travis Head back at the top of the order. Uh, probably the only sort of disappointment in terms of preparation was Steve Smith missing out in his couple of hits as, as an opener. Um, as he points out, he got a couple of pretty handy deliveries. Um, but I guess that's probably the the major selection issue for them heading into the World Cup is whether they stick with Smith as a potential replacement opener or whether they look at someone like Matt Short who impressed in his one outing in the, the final game at Auckland, albeit a rain interrupted game where he you know, hit 27 off 10 or so balls and opened the bowling and took a pretty crucial wicket so his the all round package that he provides would be pretty compelling you'd think um, but it's almost like they've got a bit, a bit of an embarrassment of riches there with you know, guys like Spencer Johnson and Nathan Ellis coming in at the last game and really kind of showing their wares. Uh, there's plenty for them to pick from heading into that tournament over there in the Caribbean and the US.
0: Yeah, they must be getting pretty close to finalising uh, that 15. And Captain C, did we get any more pointers as to whether it'll be Mitch Marsh captaining for that World Cup or is it still just uh, mum's the word on that front?
1: No, it hasn't been uh, officially mentioned. Um, it was interesting that Mitch set out the final game um, at... Auckland or at Eden Park and Matthew Wade came in and and took the the job I guess, I think he's technically vice-captain of that team so even though Pat Cummins was in the squad um, Mitch Marsh said he was looking forward to ordering Paddy around in the first couple of T20s to get some of his own back from the test and ODI stuff but um, they've said they won't make a call on that until closer to the World Cup. I think Andrew McDonald, the coach, has also said that they'll be keeping an eye on IPL performances, not that that has anything to do with the captaincy, but just in terms of you know, getting closer to the tournament, see who's doing what in that 20-over format. So you'd have to think odds on that, that Mitch would keep the job, um, in which case you'd be able to order around Pat even more.
0: And how were the crowds? We were told that they were going to be sell-out matches and the crowds were going to really give the Aussies some stick. Were they hostile or were they pretty welcoming?
1: Um, They certainly, I mean, they weren't sell they were... You know, big-ish crowds, but um, at Sky Stadium at Wellington, it was a, it was a pretty chilly evening. Um, but they were, you know, had 18,000 there, and then another 15,000 or so, I think, for the for the second one at Eden Park. The third one was disappointing because of the weather. Um, so they had good crowds. Uh, I spoke to Josh Hazelwood this morning and asked him about crowds, and he said that having been here in 2016 for test matches and a couple of white ball games, he thought they were a bit more welcoming this time round. Um, I don't know if that's because Josh is a bit older and his hearing's failing or uh, <laughs> whether they have been, have they warned to the Australians
0: for some reason. And uh, just before I let you go and before we get into this chat with uh, Manus Labashane Rambo, uh, the pitch, we all love a bit of pitch chat and pitch speculation in the lead-up to a test match. Uh, I've seen a couple of pictures on uh, Twitter. Uh, it looks pretty green. Can you give me the update on the Basin Reserve uh, strip at the minute? Uh,
1: yes, I can say it's it's a similar shade of green to a lot of the metropolitan buses that go around Wellington, um, which is sort of like a, a, a slightly lime Um, I don't know if they'll shave any grass off it before the test starts on Thursday. I was actually having a chat to the the president of the the local cricket association here in Wellington and he said it's been pretty fast and bouncy throughout the summer. Um, Haven't had a lot of rain in New Zealand in the last few months, a bit like parts of Australia or southern Australia. Um, So I think it's going to have a fair bit of bounce and carry. Uh, And with the wind, there's a lot of factor here for bowlers to try and get their heads around which direction that wind's coming from. If it's gusting, it can be pretty tricky to to get control and work out your run-up, whether you're coming downwind or upwind. Um, So that could be a factor. but. Uh, I think Usman Khawaja, who made 100 here in his most recent test visit in 2016, he said that it's a bit like England, that they can look a bit green, but often it depends on what's overhead. If the sun's out, they can be good to bat on. If it's overcast, it can be a bit tricky. And I think the forecast for the first two days at least is for some sun, so there might be a few runs around.
0: Louis and I, uh, we loved all the overheads chat that we got during the Ashes and uh, it sounds like overheads are back for the New Zealand Test Series, so that's great to hear. Um, no no traffic lights or anything on the pitch or in the crowd to worry about considering we're so close to the road there as well? Uh, no,
1: there was uh, some fielding practice done here before the, the first T20 and because of the wind, a couple of balls sailed over the fence and Travis Head had to actually go out onto the surrounding road to retrieve one of them at one point. Um, but... I think with a big crowd in, they should be all right if the ball does get over the fence. Someone should be able to arrest its path. Um, As for the traffic situation, there's a lot of ambulances and fire trucks seem to go past. So that'll be a a regular feature of the coverage, I think, of people who are tuning in. and uh, Otherwise, I can report that Wellington traffic's clearing a bit at this time of the day. So if you've timed your
0: run home, you've done well. (laughs) Hopefully it's not as loud as the uh, helicopter at Karen Ralton Oval because that can get pretty distracting.
1: No, I think we should be right. It's a very similar kind of vibe to it, though, with the, the emergency vehicles going past. So I do, I do feel quite at home being the Adelaide boy.
0: Oh, it sounds like there's a bit of action in that media box you're in there. So that might be a good time to let you go, Rambo. Thanks for joining us all the way from Wellington for this first test preview. Let's jump into that chat with Manus Labershane now. This is the Unplayable podcast brought to you by Qantas, the spirit of Australia. Over to you, Lou. I'm here
2: with Marnus Labashain on the Unplayable podcast and he's all rugged up because he's in New Zealand. He tells me it's not that cold, but he is wearing a beanie and a jumper. Marnus, thanks for joining us on the podcast, mate. Um, it, it's not that cold is, is what you're saying.
3: Nah, uh, nice. Thanks, Lou. Um, yeah, it's not that cold. I think it's just uh, wake up this morning and my room is about 2 degrees, so I thought I'd just chuck it on, but it's actually not that cold. Wind hasn't picked up yet, though, so maybe it's good preparation.
2: You're at the ground Uh Tell me what it's like, your, your first impressions of, of the ground and, and New Zealand in general too.
3: Um, yeah, really loving New Zealand so far. I think it's it's got a lot of Australian vibes about it. Um, yeah, not lots of nice cafes. You know, I, I'm actually sitting, sitting here looking at the ground. it looks very green, <laughs> so that's always good as a batter. And, yeah, I mean, the ground looks amazing. It looks like one of those grounds, yeah, almost feels a little bit like county cricket. Um, you know, the ground's quite small but it looks like it, you know, it'll be packed out. It'll be, you know, a lot of excitement. The crowd will be up and about, and it's going to be an exciting series.
2: I was just having a look at through your record, uh, and it's an interesting omission, as it is for a few of your teammates, that you haven't played a test match in New Zealand. Have you been to New Zealand at all?
3: Yeah, once when I was about 10 or 11, um, we came um, as a family for um, and we went snowboarding in Queenstown. Yeah. Um, but that was, jeez, that's a long time ago. That would have been 2005, I reckon, 2006.
2: Right, so this will be your first time playing cricket over there. Yep.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Now, like I, I imagine, um, I remember – going into that tour of India uh, not so long ago that, you know, you're in the backyard and you had your, your rubber mats and you're preparing in, in funny ways and stuff like this. I was going to ask if you had any, you know, funny contraptions or something to kind of prepare for this tour, but having seen some of the backyard videos that you do, like that, that's all about, you know, things in the bowler's favour and ball nipping around and, and things like that. Is, is that kind of what you've been doing to prepare for this series?
3: Uh, no unfortunately I've had, haven't had any time for for a bit of backyard cricket and a, a bit of well, what I would probably classify as downtime but um, <laughs> I played the shield game on a um, last week in Adelaide and yeah real tricky wicket um, nipped around um, and it, it was really good to spend time in the middle there and um, find a way against, you know, pretty good bowling lineup um South Australia had with, you know, Bucky and McAndrew, Agar and Doggett. Um, so that was a really good challenge. I, I thought I got a I got a lot out of that. Um, you know, so many different, you know, there's some different tactics. They went the short ball stuff for a bit, so I got a look at that, uh, which I'm sure that um, I'll get a little bit of here at some stage. And, um, yeah, I felt like it was a, a really good good week um in Adelaide you know um played the one day uh, got some runs there which was nice uh, on another tricky wicket for a for a one day game and um yeah so it, it's been really nice been really nice I feel like coming in it was nice to get a bit of game time out in the middle and and um you know, just get a bit of confidence in your game.
2: And a bit of captaincy experience for you as well in that game, which um, I think is, is a bit of another first for you. I mean, we, we were kind of looking back and saw that you did a little bit of it at under-19 level. I'm not sure if you've done it for your, your grade club. Um, what was that kind of experience like?
3: Yeah, yeah. So the last time was um, probably under-19s um, and then I I have captained grade my, grade, my grade club. But, um, yeah, it was a really good opportunity. Um, uh, yeah, I was very... Enjoyed it a lot. Um, you know, the playing group um, were excellent. They were, yeah, they were just so good. And um, it was a it's, a, it's always, you know, Queensland's a, a pretty, a very good team to, to be able to lead. Um, you know, we got a good, nice group of senior players. We had a nice couple of young players as well, which was um, which was really nice because, you know, you could, you know, help them out and, and help them grow and learn the game, which was, you know, something that I'm really passionate about teaching the next generation, um, about the game. And, um, it's obviously a little bit easier when you, when you
2: Was there anything that
3: surprised you about the job? Um, no, not particularly. I mean, I've been around, um, for, a, for a long time now and I've seen, um, heaps of different captains and learned so much from the different captains that I've played with. Um, so, to be able to lean on those experiences, um, good and bad, um, and, and, and learn from other people has probably put me in a spot where there wasn't too many surprises. You know, it's not like I was thrown in there when I was really young and I was still trying to learn, you know, I was pretty confident in my own game. You know, I've had the likes of, you know, Tim Payne, um, you know, Pat Cummins, um, Usman Kawaja, Aaron Finch, you know, all these guys, which I've learned so much from, um, and, yeah, I was able to take those experiences in and understand, um, yeah, how I needed to approach it and how I needed to communicate to different guys in the team um, to get the best out of them.
2: Is something that you'd like to do more of in in the future?
3: Uh, I, I think so. I think I would enjoy um, enjoy an opportunity um, if it came about um, uh, to do it. But once again, you yeah, know, that's that's up to that's not up to myself. It's up to you know. People are people in higher pay bracket, I reckon. Um, they're, they're, they're the ones making decisions. And I think, um, you know, I really enjoyed it. It was a, it was a good opportunity. Uh, it was a good week in Adelaide. You know, we got the win and unfortunately we didn't win the one day, but it, 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 was, a, it was overall a very good experience.
2: Let's look at this uh, series against New Zealand. And you, you mentioned that you saw in that Shield game maybe some of the tactics that New Zealand may employ against you, like watching tests over there for – uh, the last little while, it, it's, it's you know, it's really interesting. It seems like it's, um, you know, does a little bit early or does quite a lot early and then maybe flattens out as the game kind of goes on. Barnes, is that kind of what you're expecting when you when you kind of gaze out at the ground at the moment and see a, a pretty green track?
3: Yeah, I, I think that's probably exactly um, what it seems like here. I've obviously watched the test between um, South Africa and New Zealand. That's one thing that it seems like, you know, there is a little bit in the track early, but it can be, you get through that um, new ball it can be a really nice place to bat um, it looks like a fast outfield um, you can score quick and I, I think at times it can be quite a tough place to bowl here with them um, with the high winds um, so even though the wicket might be in your favor sometimes the wind and and those things um, won't play um, won't play along so it might be a bit tougher than than you know other grounds
2: it's going to be a milestone coming up in your uh, in the second test there in Christchurch, I'm sure you've got it um, slightly on the on the radar. It's going to be your, your 50th test match, Manus. Um, what will that mean to you?
3: Yeah, geez, it feels like it's come around quick. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's not really, you know, it's not. It's probably things that you look at back, you know, when you're done with your your career. But it's certainly, um, you know, I'm very you know, proud to to have you know, well played what 48 games now and um you know hopefully i can continue to to play well for australia and 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 be the you know be the run scorer um at number three that's the that's the plan um but yeah yeah, i'm obviously very privileged to to have played 48 and if i get to 50 that'll be um you know that'll be really good um i think my family's coming down um for the game so that's you know that's nice to have their support there if um but, yeah, it's something that I don't think you, you really delve into too much uh, until probably a bit later in your career.
2: Speaking of things you, you might or might not delve into, well, you mentioned yeah you haven't played any cricket in New Zealand, but you have played against New Zealand, you know, back in that, you know, I guess that breakout summer for you back in 2019 20. Pretty fine memories. I'll, I'll rattle off the scores that you made against them in that theory in, in that <laughs> series. 143, 50, 63, 19, 215, and 59, uh, in six hits against them. Um, that uh, that's things were kind of going pretty well for you then.
3: Yeah, I, I think that's kind of the the evolution of of probably me. You know, I was probably a little bit, I wouldn't say unknown then, 2019 um, came in. Teams didn't really know much about me. They didn't really know probably the, the depths of my game um, compared to to now where, you know, teams have seen me play for five, six years now. They know my strengths. They know my weaknesses. They know, um, you know, how to go about it. So I think that's the challenge as a player, um, you know, when teams start working out different ways to, to go about going at you um, that yeah, yeah, you find, uh, you know, you as a player have got to continue to grow and and, and get better.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's such a fascinating way of looking at it. Like, do you kind of look back on it, not not just the form you're in, but kind of just wish that you could just still fly under the radar that people didn't know, you know, your strengths, your weaknesses?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's both, right? It's a privilege and a and, a, and a, it's a – I mean, it's a privilege, right? So it obviously means that you're playing good enough for teams to go, right, oh, well, we need to find different ways to – to go about getting, you know, Marnus out or, or how we're going to get him dismissed or stop his scoring. So in that sense, uh, I'm not I'm not at all, you know, because it means that, you know, me as a player, I've grown, I've developed and I've continued to find ways to score runs, you know, since 2019. Um, yeah, so it's going to be a great challenge. I think that that's a challenge of, you know, like you said, someone that's played almost 50 games now, um, you know teams have got a really good look and an idea of how they're gonna go attack you, and it's for you to come up with ways and methods to.
2: I imagine picking a favourite innings for you is probably like picking a favourite child, but I'm going to ask you to do it anyway, mate. Um, the 143 in, in Perth, uh, this is just talking about that New Zealand series. Um, the 143 obviously set up the, uh, the, the first test win in, uh, in the first test of the series, but then the 215 at the SCG, you know that's a, a phenomenal individual achievement to um, make a double ton in a test match. Can you, can you pick one, one of those?
3: The, yeah, the one in Perth was probably the, the better innings, I think. Um, it was obviously my first game against New Zealand. Um, it, you know, we won the toss. I think we won the toss and batted first. Uh, There's a little bit in the wicket. They had, you know, they had Lockie Ferguson, they had Wagner. Um, so I, I think probably out of those two innings, definitely that one. You know, I thought I you know, played really well. Yeah, it just... Played the scenario well. Probably my best innings out of that series was probably the 63 I got in Melbourne. They won the toss and sent us in and it was a, like nipped around. I was in first ball. I think Joe Burns got bowled by Trent Bolt, first ball of the game. So I was in second ball. Ball was swinging around. It was nipping around. And um, uh, I ended up you know leaving one and it reared off a length and hit me on the back elbow off Colin de Gontemps onto the stumps. So I think that was probably my best innings of, of the series because um, I just felt, you know, I felt like I was making really good decisions on a tricky wicket. Um, I was putting pressure back on the bowlers when they missed. Um, so, yeah, pro- probably MCG 62 was my best innings.
2: Interesting. Wasn't expecting you to, to go that way. Um, well, and they had
3: probably their best bowling attack for the hmm. series for that game because I think they had, they had Southie Bolt Wagner, and Colin so you know the, the other two they they didn't you know yeah, Bolt didn't play the first one
2: I like it I love uh, I love the zeroed in memory now I just want to ask you a little bit about um, one of the things we spoke a little bit about um, during the home summer about some of the work that you've been doing with a group down in Melbourne called the Cricket Performance Lab and they've kind of come up with something called the Balance Point Index which all sounds very very technical, but. I know this is right up your alley, Marnus. And um, I, since we spoke, I did a bit of digging and I went down to the performance lab down in Moravan and saw what their setups like. I know you did something very similar before the South Africa tour last year. Can you kind of explain a little bit about all that?
3: Yeah, oh, look, it's something that um, you know that 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 I, I found out through um, through Kookaburra, and you know. We spoke a lot about it. Obviously, Cooker and I have been working on, um, you know, getting the right bat and just making sure we're getting the bats right. And um, so, you know, I found out the Performance Lab went down there just before that South Africa series. And 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 got all my bats and put them on the you know the the BPI scale and 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 whatnot and um just batted without and found out which was the the best bat for me you know um and and one thing that's you know it's always nice to get a bit of fact about your bats you know I think the data was pretty conclusive that you know this was the best bat this is why Um, and then since then we've just continued to go down that path and grow and learn more about. My bat's what works best, um, and pretty much to, to to sum it up briefly, I, I think the balance point index. The easiest way to explain it is it's it's just a metric that gives you a number for how you, as a batter, when you pick up a bat and you go, oh geez, that feels, geez, that feels light, but the bat might weigh two ten, but it feels light because the pickup is light because the the weight of the bat is sitting closer to your hands compared to when you you might pick up a bat that's two eight, that's really bottom heavy. But, you know, both those two bats can be the same swing, can swing the same. So that's where it all comes down to. It's just that it gives you a metric for um what you feel as a batter with with a pickup of the bat.
2: And I presume this is kind of coming off the back of the Ashes as well. And one of the things Shannon mentioned was that he that you told him that you'd use nine different bats during that Ashes series. Is that right?
0: Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I, I went through. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, seven, seven to nine. I mean, I I was changing heaps. Um, and once again, it just comes to that feel. I just couldn't get that feel right. I felt like at times. um, you know I batted with really light bats and and I was getting very feely for the ball um and kind of pushing at the ball a lot more than you know I did I'd done previously so I wanted to dive down and find out more about that like is there a reason that you know I'm doing making these errors now compared to you know 3 or 4 years ago where I felt like I was not making those errors um and it was great I mean once again I I always say more information you get is always better for you, but I'm sure that's not everyone's cup of tea. You know, people would you know, definitely say that, oh, you're overcomplicating it or it's just more information, more understanding. You know, you, you don't see anyone. That, the best thing I can explain is you don't see any half decent golfer playing with clubs that he didn't get fitted with. <laughs> so as a cricketer, and that's your hobby, <laughs> most people's hobby. So, if it's your job and you can find out a way to get better at your job um, by just making sure you're using the right equipment and the right bat for you, then why not? Why not find out more?
2: Well, it makes complete sense. And the other thing he said was that you were in there for seven hours.
3: Yeah, look, uh, <laughs> that's probably my uh, addictive personality. When I get in there, <laughs> I, I want to know the data, I want to know how to read the data, I want to make sure that, you know, why is this better? Why is this not? Why is this feeling better? Why is that not? So, um, yeah, I think we we wrapped up one night there at uh, 12.30, I reckon, 12.30 in in the morning. Um, we were still there. (laughs) Uh, So
2: so you've rolled in there at, what, 7 or 8 p.m. and just gone gone all night?
3: Yeah, I probably got there at, like, yeah, probably 6-ish. Right. Time got away from us. Time got away from us and, you know, all of a sudden it was 12 o'clock
2: that's that's really
3: incredible but yeah so i mean that's great it like i said i just want to learn and grow and, and understand more about it um, but you know so far i've enjoyed the journey
2: well we certainly look forward to seeing those bats uh, recalibrated bats in action during the two test series beginning on thursday before the series moves on to christchurch for your 50th test all the best
3: uh, thank you very much lou have a good one